Hello and welcome to the Funds Europe podcast. I'm your host, Nick Fitzpatrick, Group Editor of Funds Europe. In this episode, we're setting our sights on 2024 and at least the few years ahead of that. This episode will delve into the expected relaxation of financial conditions and how this could redefine the balance between risk and opportunity in bond and equity markets. We'll also cast a spotlight on the anticipated downward trend in inflation, a trend that has real-world implications for every sector, from tech and healthcare to energy and consumer goods. As we dissect these trends, we'll also gauge the prospects of the US economy achieving a soft landing and sidestepping a recession. Central to our discussion is the role of pivotal players like the Federal Reserve and the European Central Bank. Crucially, their monetary policies and interest rate decisions are signals that guide market sentiments and strategies. Understanding their moves is key to navigating the financial tides of 2024. Joining us to unpack these complex topics is Jim Caron, Chief Investment Officer of the Portfolio Solutions Group at Morgan Stanley Investment Management. With over 30 years in the financial trenches, Jim's perspective is a beacon for understanding and navigating today's market complexities. Jim, welcome to the Funds Europe podcast. Thank you for having me. You believe the market performance in the year ahead could be close to consensus expectations, in other words, consistent with a soft landing, but you think the journey to that endpoint will likely be a roller coaster ride, as you put it in your own recent podcast. And this is for both economic reasons and for several non-economic reasons, such as geopolitical tensions, the US presidential race, China policies, and even European constitutional core challenges. But it could also be that a well-balanced portfolio may outperform the index in 2024, opposite to what's occurring in 2023. This may be the great opportunity for next year. That's what you say. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and why you think that is? Yeah, thank you. Look, I mean, I, I think this is an interesting time in the markets because if we look at 2023, it was very perplexing to many people. So, for example, if we look at the, let's just look at the S&P 500, you know, up about 19% on the year. Um, and if you look at the S&P 500X, the Magnificent Seven, it's up about 7% on the year. So there's about a 12% return differential between between the two. So really what I'm saying for 2024 is that we can see some correction there. And, and essentially, one of the one of the reasons I believe that is because when we think about how prices are, are moving today in the markets, um, the late 2023 move, the November rally that we've had so far, December is off to a you know reasonable start. Um, that it may be pulling forward some of the returns, it may be pulling forward some of that good news in in in, in 2024, but it's doing it right now. So you know. You know, we have to understand that most people made a year ahead forecast for 2024 in November. The research analysts were writing their pieces in November and they published them as they typically do around the third week of November. So the, the their starting point for a price was really where it was around November 1st. And, and effectively, October was a terrible month for markets. So yes, you know, I, I think that we can have a good year ahead, but did the year start on November 1st, 2023? Are we going November 1 to November 1? Or are we going to December 31 to December 31? So obviously we go December 31 to December 31. So we have to discount some of the movement that we're having today in the markets with 
the um, you know with the fact that we're pulling forward this expectation for policy rates to stay stable, maybe even the Fed, the ECB cut rates. Uh, inflation is likely peaked, um, and the earnings trough is likely behind us. We had two consecutive quarters of negative earnings growth in the U.S. First and second quarter, that's an earnings recession, um, and that's not likely to reoccur. We think that earnings growth will be, you know, still, you know, pr- pretty pretty decent going forward. Now it might be high single digits, but um, but still okay. Um, so the re- reality is is that when I look at the valuations of of markets, and people will look at the they usually look at a 12 month forward uh, PE ratio. That PE ratio um, is somewhere around, and I'm, I'm, I'm using the S&P 500 as, as a benchmark, is somewhere around 18.5 you know, year ahead. So um, if you look at the equal weighted S&P 500, that PE ratio is closer to about 16, 16 and a half, not too far off the long-term averages. So all I'm really saying is that there's some normalization between the two that the, that the broader market actually can have a decent return but those super seven stocks represent about 28 percent of the index return that's a lot of etc the big tech right correct yeah that's all the big tech names right yeah and and effectively if that if if those if those stocks just correct a little bit i mean they, they've done so well even if they correct a little bit though that could actually weigh on the index performance of the market. But a well-balanced portfolio that's diversified, that owns the other 493 stocks out of the S&P 500, might actually have some opportunity to go up. So a well-balanced portfolio, a diversified portfolio, could actually do better than the than the index in, in 2024. And I don't think a lot of people are talking about that, but I really think that's the big opportunity for the year ahead. Okay, I see. And just to be clear, when you use the term balanced portfolio, are you implying bonds and both bonds and equities there? Yeah, it, it, exactly. And and, and, that, and that's a good question because we should really define that. It could be a balanced portfolio of just equities as well, where you could have value and growth stocks and, and, and you could have a good combination. But, but typically when people think of a balanced portfolio, it, it's usually looking at fixed income and and equities and and the the famous one is a 60 40 portfolio I don't think there's anything magic between 60 and 40 but the point is, is that you have some bonds and you have some equities I see right I mean you've mentioned that in recent weeks or months um I mean you mentioned in your own podcast you know um bonds and equities both rallied I mean, what's the correlation like generally between bonds and equities? Because um, I wonder, therefore, how balanced, how effective balanced investing is, or old-fashioned balanced investing is. Yeah, you know, look, this this is this is the question of our time right now, because effectively, when we think about equities and fixed income, typically the correlation is relatively low. So usually, bonds are a good hedge for equities. And it really depends on when we talk about correlation. We also have to talk about the time frame. Because whenever you calculate a correlation, it's over a period of time. So let's take a long period of time. Let's go back to 1981. So since from 1981 to 2021, bonds were in a bull market. 36 out of 40 years, bonds had positive returns. And, and that's a significant um, you know, move in any one particular asset class from a, from a trending perspective. So bonds became a really good hedge to really just about anything, but certainly to equities. So effectively, what's... What I think is happening today is that the interest rate cycle dropped in the last couple of years. And I think now we're in a new interest rate cycle where yields may move sideways, but they may move sideways at, at, at a higher level. So therefore, 
bonds may not be the hedge that they once were. They may not be the reliable returning instrument that they that they once were to hedge riskier assets like equities. So effectively, what's happened over the last two years is that as as interest rates rose, particularly particularly last year, you had you had losses in bonds and you had losses uh, at the same time in the equity market. You also had, as as interest rates declined more recently, you had an increase in returns in bonds and you had an increase in returns in equities. That's high correlation, right? You typically want the two to offset each other. And a lower correlation between those two assets, meaning if you have a balanced portfolio with fixed income and, and equity, in theory, fixed income should hedge your equity, meaning that when equities have negative returns, bonds have positive returns. And that's, and that's how you create diversification is through lower correlation and returns between both assets. Now, ultimately, that should be, that that's somewhat normal. That's the way that we think of things. But in this change in the interest rate cycle that we're going through, where we're reaching this new normal range for, for rates, there is this period where the correlation of returns between fixed income and equity today is extremely high. When correlations are high, meaning that returns for bonds are moving in the same directions as, as, as returns for equity, it's hard to create a balanced portfolio because one asset class doesn't hedge the other. They both move in the exact same direction, which means that you have a higher risk portfolio. Higher correlation is usually, you know, uh, commonly associated with higher volatility um, because you really can't achieve a hedge. So right now, correlations between fixed income and equities over the last three years is at historically very, very high levels. So if you think about what I'm really calling for in, in 2024 is that that correlation is going to start to come down, as, which means that you can get a diversified portfolio performing well, hence the balanced portfolio is doing better potentially than the index. And that's really and that's really the key message. I see. Great. Thanks. Well, we're going to have to um, say goodbye quite soon. So I've got a couple of questions. I'll roll them together. Um, first of all, do you think you sort of, uh, investors should have an exposure to gold? I think the gold price has uh, hit an historical high recently. And also, what about private markets? Many, many surveys point to increased allocations or intended allocations towards private markets by institutional investors. How do you feel about this? Gold and private markets in a nutshell. Sure. So, so look, I mean, gold is one of these asset classes that people buy based on a fear factor, whether they fear inflation or they fear a big downturn in the market. It's it's a safe haven asset that you know that many people want to invest in. And in the past, we have invested in gold, and you know, and when we have, it's always been a very small percentage of the portfolio when valuations we thought were very very cheap. We don't feel the same way about that today. It's it's a good asset class, but it's also a very technical asset class. And I would argue that if you're looking for a hedge in your portfolios, I would not look towards gold at, at this point in time. I think it's a bit overvalued and I don't think it's going to give you the hedge that you're hoping that it will. You could buy bonds at higher yields today. Private markets um, are, are an interesting thing too, because effectively this has been something that people have put into portfolios because they view it as more stable in terms of returns. But the reality is, is that private markets do carry a decent amount of risk with them. It's just that you don't see the mark to market in that risk. So you don't see the volatility, the daily volatility of price changes in private markets. You tend to have a higher and longer holding period. The risk in higher in, in private markets today is that many people have gone into that in, into those markets and the asset class is becoming a bit crowded. And with the higher interest rates, the cost of leverage is a bit higher and it's making it a bit more risky. 
So the private markets are hard to really describe because it's really a bottoms up story. Are there good private market investments out there right now? Absolutely. You have to do your homework. If I blanketly just think of the asset class over, overall, I'll say, well, interest rates are high, leverage costs are high. It's gotten a bit crowded. You might want to be a little bit cautious right now and look for better entry points. But if you find a great private market story and there's a great investment that you want to get involved in and you believe the price is right, again, it's a bottoms up story. Find the fund, research the fund manager and, and make the investment. That can be okay. But as a wholesale statement, I would say that the market looks a little bit frothy. Great. Thank you. That's some great perspective there and interesting thought points or thinking points. So Jim Caron, Chief Investment Officer of the Portfolio Solutions Group at Morgan Stanley Investment Management. Thanks very much for joining us today on the Funds Europe podcast. Thank you, Nick. Great speaking with you. Jim Caron believes 2024 will be the year that balanced funds will come into greater focus with stocks outside of the magnificent seven tech firms playing a greater role in delivering returns. Be sure to listen to the next Funds Europe podcast.